Welcome, dear friends, to another edition of the Brattlecast, stories about books, old, rare, and out of print, the people who buy, sell, appraise, and collect them. And the man behind it all is the proprietor of one of the most famous bookstores in America, the Brattle Bookshop, located on West Street in Boston. Ken, it's good to see you. We're actually resuming broadcasts and podcasts after a bit of a hiatus. Well, it's also nice to be doing this. We've done a few live, but to be getting back to live, being vaccinated so we feel we can be here not talking through a mask. Yeah, we've it's got fun. we've got all the precautions in place. We've done all the right things, and I'm glad you're doing well. And the store is just going nuts. I, I drive, not drive. I walk by because I live in the neighborhood, and there are so many people out front, especially in the open bins next to the store. Well, one one of the things that we've uh, found is tourists. Lots of tourists. The the offices aren't back in the city yet, so yep. we aren't getting a lot of our regulars. But there seem to be a lot of tourists coming in, and which is good. Also, we're going out to a lot of houses and estates, and that's the real key, getting things in and items that are interesting that people will buy and uh, traveling all over New England. Now, this is the first time you've, with show and tell, brought in something that looks like a, a painting, and it is a painting. And I'm thinking, why? Why is he bringing to me a beautiful painting of what looks like flowers, a floral display? So tell us what the story is. Well, it is posies. Yeah. And uh, it, what, it's something that comes up regularly at work. But I sort of title this, Who is Jimmy Cagney? Who is Jimmy, Jimmy Cagney? Cagney? And it's interesting because probably a lot of the people who listen are a little older, they know immediately Jimmy Cagney is a famous song and dance movie star in Hollywood. Uh, he was uh, portrayed George M. Cohan. Uh, lots of gangsters. Lo- lots of gangsters. But he, he was one of the top uh, oh, huge Yan- Yankee Doodle Dandy and so on. Huge, huge star. And this, well, uh, first of all, I'll tell you how I got this. This is his his work. This is actually his wow. painting, and it's actually signed on the back oh. to, to Anne from uh, Jimmy Cagney. It has his address in uh, Beverly Hills and where he sent it to a woman named Anne Ford. And then there's a little inscription from Anne Ford to me that she's passing it on to me. That is so. What is there a date on that? Do we know when uh, he, when he sent that note? I'm just curious. Uh, it was November 12th. I think it was in the uh, 70s, okay. so maybe eight, early 80s. Because he, he passed away in the 80s, yeah. uh, in his 80s, but a, still a beautiful uh, beautiful piece of work. A, a nice, you know, amateur painting. Yeah, and, but it and, looks, it's very nice. I, I, I Who would know just by looking at it that it was done by so, Jimmy Cagney? What I'm loving is the beginning of this is, you know, how much it's just assumed that you know who Jimmy Cagney is. It's, right. He's a famous act, uh, actor. Uh Actually, in Ford, it was very interesting. She was a uh, public relations person. Uh, when I knew her, she was retired, but she had worked for Houghton Mifflin. Oh yeah, um, and did a lot for them. But also, she was the PR person for the Theater Guild in New York for years. And one day, she was out with George M. Cohan who was, of course, the big the, producer. The George M. Cohen. The George M. Cohen. And he said, <laughs> and he told her there's this new young guy coming up. He's not doing too well. Uh, he's he's struggling. Could you please take him out to lunch? I'll introduce you and then go to lunch with him. 
and George M. Cohan introduced Ann Ford to Jimmy Cagney. And, of course, then Jimmy Cagney went on to star in a movie being George M. Being Cohan. George M. Cohan. So it, it, it goes on in these connections. Um, Ann Ford lived in the Berkshires. I had to go out, and actually I bought a terrific item from her. It wasn't so much selling it. She was— uh, her sister lived in Rockport with a man named John Kieran, who, again, people won't know, but he was a famous New York Times sports and writer, and mm-hmm. he did a program called Information Police. Oh, so, of course. I remember that program. So, yeah. May uh, I so, see the back of this here? So what happened was uh, Anne was in the Berkshires, and she was in her 80s, and she was concerned that some of the things she had – you know, nobody would know what they were or care. I went out there specifically. She had a three-page letter of J.R.R. Tolkien oh. because she was the PR person at Houghton Mifflin. Oh, that's and, awesome. And yes. the letter answered all the questions that people were asking about Tolkien. Why did he write the book? How did he write the book? So that was a lot of fun. And then we were talking, and, and I pointed to that picture. And he said, well, that's Jimmy Cagney. She said, I was a friend of his. Uh, We've drifted apart a little because now he is older and he has handlers who don't let my phone calls go through. Mm. But she said something will happen to that. If you like Jimmy Cagney, here you are. And that hangs in my office. But I think the point that I wanted to do in this podcast was I get people who are coming in all the time in the store and they have a letter, a document, a, a book, you know, really nice items And they go, well, this is signed by Jimmy Cagney. This is signed by Rudolph Valley. This is signed by Hubert Humphrey. And I look and I go, that's great, but who cares? And and I don't mean – I don't say it quite that same way, but I go, as the years go, there are different things, different people that people know. Younger people, why should they know who Jimmy Cagney is? Why should they know who Rudy Valley is? I mean, they know Elvis. They they might know uh, Charlie Chaplin. They might know some of the very— Some of the iconics. Well, here's the thing. I mean, if you're into film, if you're uh, into theater, any of that kind of stuff, you're probably more likely to either know or want to know more about a, a Jimmy Cagney or even a Rudy Valley for that matter. But, uh, yeah, people are very uh, centered on their own time frame in life. What about the staff you work with? You've got some very smart people, sharp young people. Yeah, and and some of them have gone to Emerson College, which is a theater college. But one of the things I do when people look at me sort of shocked, what do you mean they don't know who this famous person is or that famous? And it could be in any field. And uh, if especially if it's a new employee who we've just hired— I uh, I look at them and I show them a picture and I said, I say to them, do you know who Jimmy Cagney is? And none of them know. And the person who has brought in their item goes, they don't know. And they that brings to really forward to them that things change, what people are looking for change. As time goes on, there are many authors that in the recent past that Norman Mailer, Ernest Hemingway. Uh, Hemingway is still very popular, well-known, but his collect- the collecting of Hemingway is dropped off. Mailer, that sort of male uh, you know, writer and yeah, high testosterone, <laughs> a lot of 
younger, modern, don't want it. Yeah. On the other hand, one of the things that are going through the roof, go back to 19th century women's authors, Mary Shelley, a first edition of Frankenstein just sold for $1.1 million. Well, that's a very interesting point because there's a there's a place where culture intersects. In other words, if there's a popular movie series or, or film or TV series, that will spur interest in, in certain literature, I suppose. But getting back to the Cagney thing, and we'll, we'll just use yeah. him. First of all, he never said, you dirty rat. I just wanted to make that point. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an aficionado of all things Cagney. But getting back to that, um, I, I, what I love is when somebody who doesn't know decides to ask the question, well, can you tell me a little bit about him? That means there's hope. <laughs> well, well, I don't even look at it as hope. It's just change. It's different. It's what the generation before us looked upon, what our generation looked upon, what the newer generation. It's not good, bad, indifferent. It's what they're interested in. And that affects price. That affects, that affects what price, people are yeah. going to buy. Yeah. So. A lot of times, one of the ways that I sort of ease people down is by using a, an mm. example like this, catching one of the younger employees or if there's a younger person in the store that I know and saying, oh, do you know who? And fill in the name and inevitably they'll go no. And it, it really brings home to the person who's brought in this, quote, what they feel is very valuable. How could you not want something of this person? And well, let me put you on the spot. What you're showing me, and I'm relating to the audience what it is, it's a, it's a painting done by an amateur artist named Jimmy Cagney, James Cagney, famous, again, I'm going to call him an icon in the world of movies, uh, sent to an individual, you now have it. What would that be worth in your estimation? I would say probably it's probably worth three to five hundred dollars. Okay. Uh, I would say as time goes on, it will be worth less because again, the number of people who are interested. My wife collected a large collection. She had a thousand books on jazz and she had all sorts of signed photos of jazz musicians. Um, U.B. Blake signed to W.C. Handy. Mm. Billy Holiday ins inscribed to Louis Armstrong. Pops, you taught me everything I know. I mean, on and on. And it was a great collection. Uh, she loved it. And But we were moving. And we hadn't quite moved. We still had a year or two. But she said a, a customer from Europe, from Great Britain came in. In, or a dealer and said, I have a customer who would absolutely adore this collection, would love it. And my wife finally said, sure, we'll sell it because I think 10, 15 years from now, half of these people, nobody's going to know who they are. They haven't seen them perform live. They haven't seen them. They're great. They always will be great. Sure. But what people are looking for will change. The, the jazz musicians that we loved might not be the jazz musicians. That uh, that's they're... true. But, but then you, you also have the phenomenon of uh, the vinyl making a comeback, just to bring it into the music world. And younger people, hipper people, are getting into vinyl. And on vinyl, you're going to find some of the... So it's, it's, I'm not saying you're, you're incorrect. You're absolutely true and right on. But it's nice to know that every once in a while, for whatever reason, one of these personalities will pop 
and people will be interested in them again. Oh, it, that definitely will happen. But there might be 10 people. I mean, I'm sure there are yeah, more than that, yeah. as opposed to 1,000 people and being a common household name. So that when you hang that picture on the wall and you say, oh, that's by Jimmy Cagney, you might have to explain who Jimmy Cagney is. Whereas if you hang something on a wall and it's Abraham Lincoln, someone looks, wow, you have an Abraham Lincoln. So it's that instant recognition many times that determine the price because a lot of collecting is the prestige mm -hmm. of the collection. Begin to say, look what I have. Look what I have. And, you know, some of times it's a very narrow people who will get that. Uh, what it is, but sometimes, especially if it's an office or in a, a place where the public is going to come in, you want that instant recognition. And that can go up and down because, like I'm saying, with these women authors, uh, Shelley, Austin, Bronte, mm. they're, they're coming way up. Uh, a lot of the early uh, suffragettes are much more popular than they were maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. So it does go up and down in waves. And that's, again, actually it's good for business because then you have things that are out there that haven't been in, tied up in other people's collections. So you always, when you're in a store, you always need new material. You always have to have things coming in. So the fact that it changes is good because it keeps new stock Available. Uh, you're absolutely right. If it were just you know constantly the same in-demand collectible collectible pieces, people would uh, either get bored with the whole idea or or the collectibles would run out and you'd you'd be out of business. But it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And like I say, there'll be people to replace them. There'll be people that will come back. There'll maybe be a new movie come out on the musicals of the. 40s, 50s, 60s, then this will make a resurgence. It's, it's a wonderful time. I look back on it. It brings wonderful memories to me, but it doesn't necessarily bring wonderful memories to my daughter or my grandchildren necessarily. Well, my father thanks you. My mother thanks you. <laughs> my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Uh, I, I could go on all day because I love the old movies. This is really interesting, and uh, I love the painting, by the way, and I, I know nothing about art, but that I just love the colors. He was, uh, he was. I guess Tony Bennett's another one. There were a lot of. Uh, well, Tony Bennett has amazingly so stayed in the name. Right, but, right. But I mean, as far as painters go, I mean, a lot oh, of Hollywood. Far, oh, abs and, absolutely. And big time entertainers uh, painting. Uh, Red Skelton. Again, another person who came into the store. There's one that I actually met in the store. He painted clowns, didn't he? Right. right. But how many people know? Who uh, Red Skelton is again a big fan of Red Skelton's. Yeah. You're making me feel feel old. Well, and... we're both, but uh, <laughs> but we're still enjoying it. We can reminisce. We do, we and do. we can love it. It just doesn't mean the next generation has to. I'm looking at this a whole new way, thanks to you. Thank you very much. You, you've <laughs> taken my stress level down a few notches. By the way, folks, if you have thoughts on what we'd like to have Ken cover, I mean, he's Mr. Curious. We talked about his curiosity and his notebooks and all that, please write to us, uh, info at brattlebookshop.com, and you're entertaining ideas all the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I love getting new ideas because I tend to think of the same things. So every once in a while, someone sends something in, a suggestion. Sometimes it takes a while to get to, 
But for me, it's I love it because it gets me onto a new track. Always welcome to do that or visit brattlebookshop.com or better yet, come to Boston and visit the store on West Street, 9 West Street in Boston. We'll see you next time, Ken. Thank you.